Let me tell you a little bit about myself. Back whenever I was in seminary, this second reading by the Colossians of St. Paul was probably for me the most disturbing reading I had ever read. Wives, be subordinate to your husbands, as is proper in the Lord. And many people around me, especially some even professors, said that this is St. Paul being St. Paul, being a jerk, not really understanding women, not really respecting them, seeing them as, as lower, all this other stuff. And on you know, first glance, this actually kind of does look like the case. Wives, be subordinate to your husbands. If you look at the etymology of the word subordinate, it means place yourself under your husband. Which kind of leads to the question, doesn't that kind of like promote like abuse in the family? Where men rule over their wives as if they're slaves? Where men treat their wives as if they're just somehow like purely meant to satisfy their own goods and their own pleasures and whatnot. And it kind of led, that kind of got me questioning a lot. What exactly, if this is really sacred scripture, if this is really inspired, what exactly does this mean? What does this look like fulfilled in God? As St. Paul says, wives be submissive to your husbands as in the Lord. And for weeks I prayed about this. Weeks. And then all of a sudden, I looked up during Mass, and I found my answer. Ever since the year 100, whenever our church fathers started really doing hardcore scriptural studies, the way they would resolve hard problems in Scripture was they'd look in other areas of Scripture to answer those questions. So right here, we have this claim. Wives, be subordinate to your husbands. You are lower than your husbands which is a tough teaching. So where else in Scripture do we find a wife lower than her husband and it actually turning out well? And dare I say there is one place. There's not many, but there's one that very clearly echoes and very clearly shows us a man over his wife. And that is at the cross on Calvary. My friends, as early as 100 the early church fathers were saying that Jesus was the new Adam. And that if Jesus was the new Adam, then that meant that Mary was the new Eve. And at the cross of Christ, Mary literally subordinated herself and was literally a wife subordinate in a sense, in a symbolic sense, to her husband. Which means that at the cross, you and I see the vocation of husband and wife. You and I see the supreme difference between men and women, especially in the context of marriage. See, if, mar if man and woman were, were side by side, were equal, it would be a, a constant tug of war. Nowhere in nature do, do we have creatures that rule by, by democracy. Even in the, greatest, in the greatest corporations of America, there's always a CEO. There's always somebody where the, the buck stops there. And in the Christian family, it's very clear that the man is the head. It's very clear. The man receives a crown. The man receives a throne. 
But what Jesus shows us is the crown that men receive are not crowns of gold, are not crowns of jewels, but crowns of thorns. And that the thrones that men are put on are not thrones where they can relax like, like lazy men or lazy boys, but rather a cross where a man must stand and endure his own agony. And the role of a woman is not to throw him off this cross, not to add a burden to the cross, but accompany him and make that journey easier by her presence, by her love, by her support. Which leads to a fundamental question then. What is this cross? What is the supposed cross that men have to get on and not women? And I'll get to that. The cross is simple, boys. It's our egos. No question. It's the things that, it's that, that very thing that feeds us, that desire to put ourselves above everybody else. And what Jesus shows us is, yeah, you can put yourself above everybody else, but it better be on the cross. It better be suffering. It better be dying to yourself to your desires, to your pleasures, to your wants, to your unbelievable and, and irresist, sometimes irresistible urges to satisfy yourself. That's what Adam was all about. Adam was all about satisfying himself, by becoming his own God, by eating his own apple, by setting his own rules, by doing it his way. And because of that, Adam damned the entire human race and brought us all down. But in Christ, Christ shows us how to be men. Shows us that men do not assert themselves. Men are not about themselves. Men are not simply aggressive, self-asserting fellas that are just here to push their own agenda. Jesus shows us that men are called to rather peacefully surrender instead to the will of God. But what then does that mean for woman? Why is it that we only have in Christianity really a man on a cross and not a woman on a cross? Does that mean that the cross, that command that Christ said, take up your cross and follow me, is that exempt women? And the answer is I don't think so. I think well, a woman's cross is a lot different from a man's. The real difference between men and women actually can be seen in the Genesis story. In the Genesis story, we see God cursing a man with different curses than a woman. He looked at a woman and he said, your sins have led you to experience pain in, in, in childbirth. Which means that a woman's cross is inside of her. She comes to the awareness of her cross at a pretty young age. And on a monthly basis experiences this cross, sometimes very aggressively. And sometimes it can be very scary for the guys around. But the cross is there. There's an awareness within every single woman ever to walk the face of this earth. Their bodies, their selves, their whole beings are not meant for themselves. They're meant for somebody else. They are called to suffer not for themselves, not to assert themselves, but to live for another. Namely her children, namely her husband. Men don't have that. Men don't have that at all. That is not the case. We don't have a monthly reminder of our own need to suffer for somebody else, which is why God gave man another curse. He says, you are called to labor and work in the fields. 
and by the sweat and blood of your brow, you can provide for your family. Then you can eat bread. Guys, that prophecy is fulfilled in Christ. Christ. Christ's sweat, Christ's blood gave us the bread of life. Which means that the reason why God became a man was to teach men like me and like you how to be men. Not to be self-assertive jerks, but rather to be men who are fully and ready to submit to the will and the love of God, radiating Him. Men not suffering for their own glory, but rather for the glory of their families, for the glory of those they love, for the glory of those, their children and their wives. That's what St. What Paul means whenever he says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Christ died on a cross for the church. And that's what this, this reading is all about. Guys, this has nothing to do with male superiority. Rather, this is a way in which St. Paul acknowledges the order of creation. Saying, yeah, guys, in a sense we are on top. It is true. But to be on top means that we have a distinct responsibility to be on top insofar as Christ is on top on the cross. To be on top, to be kind of in a sense the, the crown of creation, is to be open and willing and ready to suffer for our families, for our loved ones, and for those around us. That's why we have men only becoming priests, why we don't ordain women. So we need, to sh we need men to show other men how to be men, how to suffer, how to die, how to bleed. So the bread of life, whether it be physical bread for your families or spiritual bread from the altar of God, may nourish us. So my friends, at the end of the day, all I'm really getting at is a simple message for the men and women here. Guys, it's time to start stepping it up. This religion, this Christianity is geared to teach us how to lay down our lives. The reason why God became a man is so that we can then in turn go and sacrifice for him. Which means we need to be spending that time in the chapel. Which means we need to be fasting from food, from drink, from things like that. Which means that we need to be giving alms. We've got to lay down our lives as Christ laid down his life for his church and for his bride. We've got to do the exact same thing for our brides. For you ladies out there, your mission is simple. Your mission is fulfilled in the Blessed Virgin Mary. Blessed Virgin Mary did a wonderful job accompanying Jesus to the cross. She didn't go pushing soldiers out of the way. She didn't go screaming. She didn't go raise an army to overthrow everybody. But she helped her son, in a sense, in a symbolic sense, her husband, to fulfill his job, to fulfill his role. That's the role of man and woman. And dare I say, if we can do that, guys, if we can step up, and women, if you can help us, dare I say, you and I, through the grace of God, will be able to save the families that's being crumbled and being torn apart in this country. And maybe yet again, this, this beautiful country that we have can cry out that God and God alone is to be praised and that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen.